Good morning, everyone. And once again, welcome to FPC. As of now, we're meeting on live stream, and it's just my pleasure to be with you this morning. Why don't you just tell me where you're watching from right now? Just type it in, type in where you're watching from. Could be, oh, oh everyone's at home, I just remembered. <laughs> everyone's at home, but why don't you share this, this post with a few of your friends. Just click the share button and let's, let's get the good news of God circulated all around our Facebook community. Just invite people in. But yeah, good morning once again. I have a few announcements. This evening we're meeting at, well we're not meeting, but at 6 p.m., wherever you are, we're going to lift up some prayer. We're going to pray for, for this town. We're going to pray for our families. We're going to pray for our friends. So wherever you are today at 6 p.m., just start praying. Start praying and you'll be joined by people of, of Fleet Baptist. And I also want to thank you all that responded to the survey which I sent out. Thank you so much. I've had amazing feedback on that. And so I'll be responding tomorrow with, with more news and more um, understanding on that. And just before I begin, I just really want to honor the elders. I really want to say a massive thank you to all our elders that have gone above and beyond for every single one of us. They've put so many things in place and we honor you, we value you, and we love you. And we want you to know that. We want you to know that we cherish and we value all that you're doing and all the hard work that you've put in. We love you, our elders. And so why don't we pray, and then I'll begin. I don't have very long with you guys, but we'll pray, and then we'll go straight in. Father, I thank you that despite what is going on in the world, you are active, you are Lord, and you reign. You are the God of the universe. You created everything that we see and don't see. And Father, we pray that you'll meet with us wherever we are right now. Meet with us in our homes, in our, wherever we are right now. Meet with us in our place of need. And Father, I pray that the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart may be acceptable in your sight. My strength and my redeemer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to get straight into it. Today we're starting a new series, which is in the book of Ephesians. Oh, I love the book of Ephesians. Read it. It's such a blessing to my soul. It has verses like this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, that's verse 3 of, of the first chapter. So straight away, you're receiving gold from this book. But let me give you a quick introduction to the book. The book of Ephesians was written in about A.D. 62, so that's 62 years after the death of Jesus. And Paul was in prison as he wrote this, this, this book of the Bible. And it's believed that the, the book has two main themes. The first theme is that Christ has reconciled all creation to himself. What a powerful theme. And the second theme is that Christ has united people from all nations unto himself, but also unto one another. Wow. So we're not only united in Christ, but Christ gives us a, an opportunity to have greater relationship with one another. What a mighty God we serve. And so this is a bit of an introduction to the book of Ephesians, but today I'll be focusing on chapter 1. And so I'm going to read all the scriptures that I will touch on, 
but I'm going to focus on verse 5. So why don't we start to, on verse 5? It says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And so we'll read all the scriptures at once so that we can reach a bit of a flow. Let's go to 7 and 8. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Let's read verse 10. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Wow. Let's go to verse 17 and 9. To 19. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope that which he called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his lovely people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. And the last two verses I'm going to be touching on today is 20 to 22. Three verses, my apologies. That the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power, dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. For the church. Thanks be to God for your word. And so, as I said, I'm going to be really focusing on verse 5 and the concept of verse 7 to 8. But let's just read verse 5 one more time before I start. He predestined us for adoption, to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Praise be to God. And so, I really want us to to understand that word predestined. But in order for us to reach a a greater understanding of that word, we have to really turn to the the Greek. And so, I apologize in advance for my pronunciation of these words. Um, But the word predestined is two Greek words put together. And And the first word is the word pro. And the second word is the word horizo. Again, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for that pronunciation. And the word pro means before, but the word horizo means to limit. And so together, it means to limit before. But to reach a proper understanding of what the word means, it means to determine beforehand. Now, I want you to stick to that phrase in your mind right now, to determine beforehand. So in other words, God determined it beforehand that we would be adopted as sons and daughters into his family. Come on, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. But, but in order for us to reach the next level of understanding of this verse, we have to also understand the word adoption. 
But in order to understand what Paul meant here by adoption, we have to look back at what it looked like in Roman times. And the reason why we have to look back what it looked like in Roman times is because um, the Hebrews didn't have a, a concept of, 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 of adoption because they, once somebody had died, they didn't just adopt people, but the eldest sibling would become the head of the home. And so they had another method. And so adoption was really introduced here by the Romans. And, and in order to grasp what, what this concept means, we need to understand this word. And again, forgive me for my pronunciation of this, of this sentence, but the patria potestas, which is a Latin phrase which means the power of the father. So the patria potestas is the power of the father. And what that means is that in, 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 um, under Roman law, what we have to understand is that the father had a, had a a power over the son like he had over a slave. So whatever the father determined of the son or the daughter or the child would, would come to pass. And so if the son decided that the son would be a slave, he would be a slave. If the, son, if the father decided that he was going to kill the son, there was nothing that anyone could do about it because he had the power of the father, which meant that he had all power over the son. And so what would happen under adoption? So now we understand a bit more of the power of the father under Roman law. But what would happen in, in Roman ceremonies is that the, the, the father or the, the parents that are giving up their child for adoption in, under the ceremony, they would sell the child one time. No, not one time, not two times, but three times. And as they did that, as they sold the child three times in the, within the ceremony, what it meant is that under Roman law, after the third time the child is sold, you can never do anything to gain back the adoption of that child. There's nothing you could do. There's no price that you could pay. Under Roman law, that once you had sold your, your, your child three times in the ceremony, that's how adoption would, would take place. You were no longer a part of that family, and you were then a part of the new family as if you were born of the mother of that family. So again, it was a legal ceremony which meant that the, the, the former parent or the former parents sold their child three times. Now, I want you to stick with that concept. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. And so the price that of, the, of the adopting parents was so expensive because they had to buy the, the child three times. Had, and so the price of it was so expensive. And so in order to adopt, really, you had to be of, of, of people of wealth. But in order to further understand, let me break it down a bit more what adoption meant. Adoption meant that the child, first of all, was desired by the adopted family. That means that the adopted family wanted the child. It meant that the adopted family had a permanent son and daughtership with that child. That means that there's nothing that could happen from that point onwards that meant that he could be separated from the adopted family. Wow. It meant that the child received a new identity. His, he received a new name, a new way of living, a new access in his life. It means that the prior responsibilities that that child had, the debts and all of the weights was, was, was abolished, was removed, was taken away. And he was given new responsibilities and all his debts were cancelled. 
He was given new rights and new responsibilities. But, but here's the sweet spot. <laughs> he was given an inheritance. On top of all of those things, he was given an inheritance. So now we have a better understanding of what verse 5 is saying. That God determined it beforehand that you would be his son. That you would be his daughter. That you were that he desired you so much, just like those in the Roman law, even way more. He desired you so much that you would become his son and his daughter. It meant that you become a permanent part of the family of God. It, meant, it means that you receive a, a new identity. It means that your prior responsibilities and debts are cancelled. And I know what you're thinking. How can this be? It means that you, the, they received, we receive new rights and new responsibilities. You see, in Christ, God reveals to us our purpose. He reveals to us why he made us. He reveals to us the seeds that he sowed on the very inside of us before we were born of what we will be. And he, as he begins to reveal that, your true nature comes alive. You see, because there's a real you on the inside of you. And some of it has been crushed by the things of this world. Some of it has been crushed by the sadness. Some of it has been crushed by, by maintaining and, and, and doing things that aren't necessarily your calling. But I want to remind you this morning that there's a calling on the very inside of you that God wants to bring forth. But this is probably my favorite thing of all. It means that we get adopted into God's inheritance. Wow. What a powerful truth that we get adopted into this powerful inheritance. Now, the inheritance is twofold. There's an inheritance that we receive immediately. Come on. There's, a, there's an inheritance of peace that he wants to bestow upon you. The kingdom of heaven is peace. The kingdom of heaven is joy and righteousness. Come on. He wants to impart that onto every single one of us so we can receive that immediately. He wants to impart to us joy unspeakable. No matter what season we're in, we can know his joy. He wants to impart to us the, the authority that he's given us in Christ that we can speak to situations we can speak to dead things and say come alive in the name of Jesus this is our immediate inheritance but there's a greater inheritance that awaits the saints hallelujah there's a greater inheritance that awaits us that once this mortal soul has died once we have finished on this earth we we are going to a better place a place where there's no sickness a place where there's no disease where there's no sadness where there's no corona virus come on somebody where there's no plagues a place where we can endlessly enjoy the pleasures of heaven hallelujah now I know what you're thinking wow so you're telling me that what God determined beforehand is all of this and more but who will pay the price that the adopted, the adopted parents paid? You see, 2,000 years ago, in fact, let me just go back to the book of Isaiah because I don't know why this verse just keeps ringing inside of me, that, uh, that he was wounded for our transgressions, that the, the chastisement of his peace was the chastisement of our peace, and by his stripes we are healed. As I believe it's Isaiah 54 or 53. Someone post that just to double check for me. I don't have the time to turn for it, but it keeps ringing in my spirit. But 2,000 years ago, God sent his son 
through a supernatural birth, through the Holy Spirit, through a virgin named Mary. And he lived a life without sin, without fault, and without mistake. He walked around and he, and he, and he loved the unlovable. Those that people had rejected, the tax collectors, the, those that were in prostitution, Jesus transformed their lives. And he met with them when everyone else wanted to keep them at a distance. Jesus crossed the boundaries to transform their lives. Those that were in lepers and literally cast out of society, literally removed from their hometowns because of the disease that they had, because of the virus that they had, literally removed. Jesus went in close proximity, which enough is in, in under those times, it was enough to make Jesus unclean. But it didn't. <laughs> because he has all power through the Holy Spirit. And so, he, he, and he, but he not only went in close proximity, which is a miracle, he went in close proximity, but he also healed those that were having leprosy, which is powerful and just amazing for me. And he not only did that, those that had never had the opportunity to, to see, to have the beauty of seeing the, the trees and the beauty of seeing the wind under, 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 um, the seas roar and the mountains in all of its brilliance because they were blind. They were never able to see it. He opened their eyes and allowed them to see a new reality in him. This is the Jesus that we serve, people of God. And yet though he never made a mistake, and yet though he never sinned, and yet though he... he he liberated people, he freed people from their mindsets and from their positions. Yet still, the world rejected him. And they decided that they would crucify him. And they whipped him. And they, and they tore his body apart with, with the whips and with a crown of thorns and he was bleeding. And as, he, and, and as they placed him on the cross and even as he was as he was carrying the cross to that place and he was carrying the metaphorical but also the reality of our sin on his shoulders, he thought of you and I. And as he was laid on that cross, he thought of you and I. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. His desire, in fact, he determined it beforehand that we would become sons and daughters in him. So he paid the ultimate price, the ultimate price of his life. He gave everything for you and I so that we might be grafted in to his family, that we might be his sons, that we might be his daughters. But the good news is that's not where the story ends. The Bible tells us that, the Bible tells us in verse 21 to 20 to 22, let's just turn there one more time. It says, 
which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So he did all of that and he, and he gave his life as a servant. But come on, saints, that's not where the story ends because we know that three days later he rose again and three days later when he rose again, he rose again with all power. He rose again with all authority of things in the heavens, on the earth and under the earth. He rose again with power. He rose again, which means that every, the book of Philippians tells us that he is the name above all names and every name is under his name which means that disease is under his name because disease has a name coronavirus is, is a name of a, of a virus and so it's under the name of Jesus sickness, depression all has a name and that means that it's under the name of Jesus that means that at the name of Jesus we can see transformation in every single area of our lives in the name of Jesus we can speak to mountains and say be moved and it will be moved because the name of Jesus is now the name that is above all names come on we serve a victorious God if you believe it come on just type amen come on let me see you type amen all over this chat if you believe that we serve a victorious God so you see that God paid the ransom that was required to adopt us all to make it available he to all every single one of us to become his sons and his daughters and so this morning, I want you to know that if you don't yet know the reality of being a son and a daughter of him, I want to invite you this morning into that truth. That God has made it available for you. God has determined it from beforehand that you would be his son, that you would be his daughter. And this morning I want to invite you if, to, a, to, a, to a new level of relationship with him. You, you may have had one, but I just want to invite you to a new level of relationship with him. That in this season of, of lockdown, that it won't be time wasted or time squandered or, 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 or listening to various um, conspiracy theories but I pray that this time will be a time where you're pressing in to the voice of God where you're pressing in to your right in son to sonship and daughtership where you're pressing in to your inheritance when you're pressing into the reality that you now have access come on you now have access to the father that wherever you are whether you're in your living room whether you're in your room you now have access to the father hallelujah that means you have access to him but everything that comes with him you have access to 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 the heavenly angels the heavenly um uh, warriors that they can arise on your behalf as you pray he sends and dispatches angels and i believe that he's doing so right now that as even as you're listening that the lord is releasing angels on your behalf to begin to war on behalf of your family i believe that there's that there's angels of harvest that are being dispatched right now ready to to, to walk you into sonship and into daughtership and this is what the Lord desires for every single person on this earth, that they might know that they have a heavenly father that loves them more than anything, that loves them so much that, they would, that he would send his son 
for you and I. This is the God that we serve, that he might transform us forevermore, transform our today, transform our today, give us peace right now. He can do it right now and fill you with his spirit. Even over this, even over this message, he can fill you with his spirit. He can fill you with his joy, that he might transform your today, that he might transform your month. But praise God, it's not just for a month, for a year, but he wants to transform your life for the whole of eternity, that you might live with him and reign with him forevermore. This is the good news, that God came down and gave himself, that we might be reconciled with him, that the blood of Jesus would cleanse us and separate us from our sin, from our former way of living, from our mistakes, so that we can have heaven, have heaven invade this earth. Now, earlier I said that heaven is a place of, of unspeakable peace and unspeakable joy, but much more. No, there's no worries. He wants heaven to come to you right now. So if you're... Right now, I want to give an invitation. I know that many who will be watching will already would have already made this commitment. But I'm also conscious that many may not have made this commitment. And I want to invite you and give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And some of you may have been serving the Lord for a season, but, but for a while now you've forgotten him. But he, he hasn't left you. He's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, you're still my son. You're still my daughter. I value you. I love you. And I want you to know that you're mine. You're mine. So if that's you and you feel, uh, you feel God really speaking to you this morning and you feel him nudging at your heart and you feel like, hold on, is there really something in what this guy is saying? And I want to invite you this morning to try him. I tried him in 2011 and let me tell you, that's the best thing I've ever done. I surrendered my life. I gave this God that I was hearing about a chance and let me tell you, my life has never been the same. Now, whenever I'm worried, I can run to him and say, Father, I give you my worries. Now, when I'm fearful, I can run to him and say, Lord, you have not given me this, so I don't want it. I don't want to partner with fear. Lord, I give it to you. Now he gives me joy, and even in situations where I should be crying and when I should be distraught, he gives it to me. He's with me every single day. He's with me every single moment, and he leads me and he guides me. He makes my life so much better. He speaks to me, and he gives me direction. I feel prompted to share this story and then I'll, I'll, I'll pray. I think it was about 2000, it was 2011 or 2012. This God that is real spoke to me and I was walking home. Some of you will know this story, but I was walking home from, um, from church and as, as I was walking home, I felt God say, and let me tell you, when God speaks, you'll know it's him. 
I felt, because the Bible says that his sheep know his voice. And so I felt God speak to me and I was a bit, it wasn't an audible voice. It was a voice on the inside of me, but I knew it was God. And the voice told me to go and see my mom. And so I obeyed God and I, I turned around, I ran for the bus and the bus was waiting for me. I got on the bus and I got to, to the hospital. Now, now th- at this point, my mom was in, 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 in rehab. She was in a rehabilitation center and she was a believer. And so I got there. Mum was so happy to see me. Her face lit up as I walked in. And she said, Lee, I'm so happy to see you. And we just hung out. We had, a, we had some fun. We had some banter. We had some laughs. And then she started crying. And I said, Mum, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she showed me these pills that she had stored in her hand. And she said, if nobody had come to see me, Today, I was going to take these pills and I was going to take my life. I'm saying this to say that the voice of God can transform the very inside of you, that that you know his voice, but not only just to save your life, but that the voice of God will save the lives of your children, that the voice of God will save the lives of your colleagues and your friends and even people that you don't know. This is what God wants us to walk in, close relationship with him, even more so than that. And so right now, I want to give an opportunity for everyone, and I want everybody to pray this. Whether you're, you're a believer or not, let's just all pray it out loud. And, and I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all the things that I've done wrong. I am in need of a saviour. Set me free, O oh God, to love and serve you. I thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. That I might become a son, a daughter. Today, Lord, I ask you to reveal yourself to me in a new and powerful way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, if you prayed that prayer for that first time, I want to encourage you to email me. If someone could just post my email address or any of the um, leadership's email addresses and just email us if you prayed that prayer for the first time. We want to connect with you. We want to love on you. We just want to share the good news and show the good decision that you've made. It's been a pleasure to be with every single one of you this morning. And just as I close, I want to pray a blessing over you from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And we didn't really get to go there because of time. But I just want to pray this blessing over you. And I want to pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of the power towards us who believe, according to the working 
of his mighty power. I pray all these blessings over you and I just pray over you that that this rest of the season that we're in isolations will be the best time that you have with God. I just pray ease of access over every single one of you, that every single one of you will just be caught in the spirit whenever you open your mouths to pray, that you'll just see things in the heavens, that God will just reveal himself to you in such a powerful way whenever you, you consciously make a decision to pray or even to read his word. I, I pray that you press in and that you read and you pray and that you worship like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, God bless you. And don't forget, at 6 p.m. tonight, all over, we'll be praying. I love you and I appreciate you. And please, let me just challenge you one more thing. Call somebody that you haven't spoken to in this time of isolation. Text, message, email somebody that you haven't spoken to. And let's be the love of God demonstrated through our actions. I love you. God bless you. Bye.